Good morning, Fraser family. We have an event coming up that will be one of a kind. About a year and a half ago, we partnered with Clay and Tiffany Hasler from Nashville, Tennessee on a special project. On Wednesday, November 2nd at 6 p.m., we are going to release a documentary on our very own Pastor Emeritus, Dr. John Ed Matheson. You will not want to miss this night. Not only will you have a chance to hear from the creators of the documentary, you will have an opportunity to hear from John Ed in person. So please mark your calendars for Wednesday, November 2nd at 6 p.m., and we look forward to seeing you in Wesley Hall right here at Fraser Church. Now, would you join me in welcoming Dr. John Ed Matheson. Thank you for the privilege of letting me do this. I am so excited about Fraser, what you're doing, and thank you for this. I didn't know about this documentary. I'm 84 years old, and I'm finally getting documented. So uh, that's, uh, I've been waiting on that. But uh, the great leadership from the staff, the great music, and Chris is not a finer leader anywhere than he. he I describe him as a brilliant leader in what he's done in this church in a couple of years and how his preaching and, and everything. So it's a privilege to be here. Now, you've been in a study of the book of Acts. You have an outline, if you'll please take it and follow it, and you can make some notes there, and there'll be a little couple of fill-ins. At the bottom of that, if you'll notice uh, a way that you might can stay a little connected through some of the digital ministry that I'm doing, and uh, it's just growing. Thank you for your prayers. Uh, right now, this just determined we're reaching a little over 80,000 people a week. And you can go a lot of places with digital. So if you want to watch something every week on Monday mornings, I do a brief video, got a minute. If you want to read something every week, I do a blog, which multiple newspapers, and if you just want to subscribe to it, you can. It'll come to you on Wednesdays. Every morning, I do several radio stations in uh, central Alabama, and then also we place it on Instagram and Facebook, and if you're not listening to the radio, you can get it there. Now, here's the great thing about digital ministry. You can subscribe to it, listen to one, and say, I don't care about that. All you got to do is hit one button, and you can unsubscribe and just delete the whole thing. But if there's something you'd like every day, now, they're very short. They're written for Methodists. Because our attention span is so short, and all of it is about a minute long, or you can follow along there, and I would invite you to do that. Now, we're in a series on called the Acts of the Apostles, the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to do what God's called us to do. Now, I can sum up the whole book of Acts and what you've determined to be our theme for this month. Acts is called... In fact, if you'll turn in your ESV Bible right there in the pulpit, uh, in the pew, you can see on page 1080, the beginning of the book of Acts. It is called the Acts of the Apostles. Now notice, it's not called the discussions of the apostles. It's not called the reports of the apostles. It's not called the dreams of the apostles. You see, you can dream, but sometimes you got to wake up and act and do something about the dream. Sometimes people just say, well, now someday I'm going to act, someday. Can I remind you that there are seven days in the week and not a one of them is named someday? And what we need to do is to act now. 
you can even talk about praying. Praying is important, but sometimes prayer can become a substitute for action. This isn't talking about the prayers. It's not talking about the committees. In the church today, we love committees, don't we? Let me suggest to you, if you want to kill a good idea quickly, give it to a committee. They'll study it for a little while, and then they'll give it to another committee, and they'll study it, and they'll give it. Nobody ever acts on it. You know what a committee is. That's the unfit, chosen by the unwilling to do the unnecessary. <laughs> and if we had less committees and more action, you'd see things that are happening. So it's the acts, it's action. And who is it? The apostles. That's you. It's the people, the believers. And it is the power. You cannot act on your own power, your own intelligence, or your own talent. We can only act on the power of God's Holy Spirit. And so the book of Acts is just a compilation of all that happened to this early church. This is the actions, the acts of the apostles through the power of the Holy Spirit to make us what we ought to be. And then we come to the 17th chapter. That's my assignment in the book of Acts, the 17th chapter today. The key verse there you see in the 6th verse, it says, these are the men that are turning the world upside down, and now they've come here. Oh, I love that. I love to hear the Christians that are turning the world upside down, and they're here now. I hope that here today, we're going to get a glimpse of what God wants us to do to act, the acts of the apostles to turn the world upside down. Friends, our world needs turning upside down. I think right now, I'm 84 years old, there's never been a time where I have sensed that we're in such dire straits that we've drifted away from what God intended us to be as a nation. Two studies this year, 2022, have verified that. One, a huge study by a research firm showed that while it used to be a large percentage, 86% of the people used to say, believing in God is important. And in 2022, that has drastically declined. And another study that has shown that the decline of the Christian faith in today's world, it's happened every year for the last 50 years. Do you realize that? In America, there are less folks professing Christ than there has ever been, and it's declining. And what they have projected is by 2050, the question is not when will we stop declining. The question is, can we survive unless there's revival and renewal? Now, friends, that's a question. Renewal. We need some folks who are going to turn the world upside down. We need to not just play church. We need to act on what God has done and is doing through the Holy Spirit, and then we move. So you come to this 17th chapter and the 6th verse. These are the folks turning the world upside down. Let me ask you, how do you turn the world upside down? How do you do it? The book of Acts tells us, and this 17th chapter incorporates it, and I'm going to leave for me, and the sermon is for me today, and you listen, and if God if it's for you, then respond. I want to look at how can I be an action apostle that's turning the world upside down. There are four basic things in your outline. The first thing is your priority. 
the priority of the early church that turned the world upside down, their priority was to lift up Jesus. Lift up Jesus. Say that phrase with me. Look there in the third verse. Explaining and proving that it was necessary for Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead, and saying, this Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ. Part of the reason Christianity is declining so much is that we're failing to lift up Christ. In John 12, 32, Jesus said, look, if I am lifted up, I will draw all people unto myself. Who are we lifting up? Uh, when Paul and Silas came at the end of chapter 16, they were put in jail. The Philippian jailer listened to them pray and sing at midnight. They were locked up in chains. All of a sudden, there was a power shortage, and something happened, and all the chains fell off. And he thought they were all going to escape, so he took out his sword, and he was getting ready to kill himself. You see, if you guarded a person, and they escaped, then you had to pay with your life. And just as he was about to kill himself, Paul said, hey, wait, wait, man, man, wait. None of us have left. We're all right here. And he looked and said, wow, tell me, what must I do to be saved? And they said, listen, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. They lifted up Jesus and not only was a Philippian jailer, but his whole family was transformed. Let me tell you, we can't change the world until we lift up Jesus. And when he's lifted up, boy, he can do amazing things. A preacher one day invited the children to come down to the front for a children's time. And he said, now let me ask you a question. I'm thinking about something. If it's four legs, it's got a long tail... It's got bushy tail. It loves nuts and climbs trees. What am I thinking about? Little boy raised his hand and said, Jesus. They <laughs> said, how did you get Jesus out of that? He said, preacher, it sounded like you were describing a squirrel, but I didn't think you called us down here to talk about squirrels. <laughs> Can I say that the church has been talking too long about squirrels and not about Jesus? We're talking about good things, but not the best things. We're, are we lifting up Jesus? I was, when I was in seminary, Dr. E. Stanley Jones, they say he's the second most recognized evangelist in the world behind Billy Graham in India. He, he wrote a lot of devotional books that, that I used. When I was in seminary, he came. As he was speaking, he reached under the pulpit and pulled out a scroll. And when he did, he said, what do you see? I happen to have a copy of that right here. Everybody looked at what, what do you see here? Looks like Jesus, doesn't it? And he said, that's not a picture of Jesus. He said, that's the New Testament. It's written here, New Testament. And a lady in India printed out the entire New Testament right here. And some of the letters were darkened, others lightened. So where you sit, you don't see the New Testament. What do you see? You see, Jesus, but that's not, I was telling that down in Monroe, Louisiana, where I was speaking about three or four years ago. And a man said, hey, do you know there are only just a few of these that were ever created? And I've got one, 
and I'd be glad to give it to you on behalf of East Adley Jones. And so he sent it to me, and I had it framed. It sits in my office today on the wall, and I face it from the chair I sit in across my desk, and what I see is Jesus. And I try to tell myself every day, it's not about something else. It's about Jesus and everything about life. Now, you probably can't read it. My grandkids can come up here and they can read. In fact, I started to read the Scripture from here, but I can't see that good. And Chris said we need to be reading the ESV version, and this is not that. So I said I don't want to get in trouble with Chris, so I'm not going to read it from right here. But hey, this is the entire New Testament. Let me ask you, what do you see? If we lift up Jesus, now this is the priority, is to lift up Jesus. Secondly, what is the purpose? The purpose you see in verse 6. He said, these men who turned the world upside down have now come here. The purpose of lifting up Jesus is to change the world. And friends, our world needs changing. We're in a terrible spot. When the Methodists, we were the last major denomination to come to America. The Presbyterians came in 1707. And then the Anabaptists and the Congregationalists and the Pentecostals. We didn't come till 1774, about 65 years late. But when they came, John Wesley gave them three words. And there's some pictures in this church. You've seen it. When they got on the boat, he said to them, offer them Christ. And they came with the one word of offer them Christ. Let me tell you what happened to the Methodist church. We were the last to get here, but it wasn't long before Methodist was the largest denomination on American soil. Not because they were gifted, talented speakers, but because they relied on the power of God's Holy Spirit and they lifted up Jesus. We came in 1774. Do you realize that by 1812, get this, one out of every 2,000 Americans were Methodist. And by 1844, one out of every 52 people living in this country were Methodist. Now, let me tell you what's happened since then. We've been in a steady decline. You see, we've become complacent. We kept doing what it was that brought us to this place. And we quit lifting up Jesus Christ. You see... The priority is to lift up Jesus for the purpose of changing the world. And friends, our world, our world needs changing, turned upside down. The third thing, let me mention quickly, it's the process. The process is that people win people. It said that very night the believers sent Paul and Silas to Berea. And the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. They listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. Look here. As a result, many Jews believed and did many of the prominent Greek women and men. Let me tell you. Who is the act? The acts, it doesn't say the acts of the preachers. It's the acts of who? The apostles. Who are the apostles? You're sitting by one wherever you're sitting today. You are the apostles. In today's culture, we think, well, if something's going to happen, let's let the preachers do it. Preachers are greatly limited, we are. But you're out where the water hits a wheel. 
You're out where people can be won to Christ. People win people to Christ. Now, it's not a location. It's not a great music program. It's not a great youth program. It's not a great... The function of a staff person and a pastor is to train you and equip you to turn the world upside down. The process is that people win people. And you can read about Paul's witness at Mars Hill at the end of that chapter. Evangelism that's relational. It's where you meet people and you invite them to Christ. Now the last thing, it is the power. How do you do all of this? What gives us the power? Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Power. Do you know there's a power shortage in the world right now? I mean, after the storm, the whole area of Puerto Rico has no power. There are almost 2 million people in Florida who didn't have power. Do you know that in Germany today, even though there's not a, a storm, power is limited because they've got to preserve it. It's not enough power. And in a couple of states in the U.S., they're limiting how much you can use your power. i got some good news for you. God's power is not limited. He's not putting restrictions on anybody. You see, there is unlimited power that is unleashed to the world. Now, Acts of the apostles by the power. Let me say to you, you can't do it. You're not talented, gifted enough. It's the power of God's Holy Spirit. And it's all that you'll ever need. Let me give you two quick examples in conclusion. Number one, I was speaking down in Covington County at the Save a Life. About 400 plus people there. In three or four of the cities there. A marvelous thing. Let me tell you, there, Save a Life is turning the world upside down down there. And in doing work and researching it, I read about Norma McCorvey. Does that name ring a bell? She was the lady who was the plaintiff in Roe versus Wade. She's the one that initiated it. As a pseudonym of her name became Jane Roe. And you remember what happened back in 1955. Abortion was made legal uh, in 1973. But then let me tell you what happened to her. God changed her life. Changed her things. She wrote a book in 1998. Let me tell you what she said. It was as if blinders fell off my eyes and I understood the truth. All these years, I was wrong. Now, I want to say to you, if God can change the life of the woman who initiated Roe versus Wade, he can change the life of anybody. And don't ever underestimate what he can do. In 2005, she petitioned the Supreme Court to reverse Roe versus Wade, and they did not do it. But what happened this summer? It happened. It happened. I just want to say to you, nothing's impossible with God. And when God's power of the Holy Spirit is unleashed, don't ever underestimate what he can do. One other illustration. There's a little church over in Otauga County, not far from here, called Boone's Baptist Church. A few years ago, they invited me to come over, and they said, Preacher, we got a lot of folks moving from Prattville and Montgomery out in this area. How can we reach people? And I met with them a couple of times, made suggestions. Other people did. Let me tell you what happened in a men's Sunday school class. 
group of men like, I wish it had been a Methodist church, but it was a Baptist church, Boone's, Boone's Chapel Baptist Church. And in this Sunday school class, these men were complaining about all these folks that are taking God out of our culture. You know, they're taking in God we trust and taking all that stuff. And the man doing it was Michael Newdow. And they were just complaining. You know, we all do that, don't we? It's much easier to complain about something that's wrong than doing something to straighten it out. And we've become a complaining nation. Look what they are doing. Look, what, look they are folks just like you and me. Well, there was a man in that Sunday school class named George Turnipsey. He said, tell you what, let's quit complaining about him and let's invite him to come to our church. Now, this is the highest visibility atheist in the United States. And a little rural country church invited him. He sent back and said, I'll be glad to come. $5,000 is what I charge to speak. <laughs> he sent back a note saying, we didn't invite you to speak. We just want to invite you to come and to be a part of our church for a weekend. He said, I'll do it. He flew into Birmingham. And these folks from Boone's Chapel picked him up. They carried him down on Saturday afternoon, had a fellowship supper on Saturday night. Sunday morning, he went to church. They gave him a Bible. When he went back to Birmingham to catch a plane, the reporters saw him, and they said, where you been? He said, I've been down to some church in Alabama. He said, why did you go? Hear me. He said, they invited me. And he said, it's the first time I've ever been invited to attend a Christian church. He said, the Christians have sent me messages. A lot of them wanted me killed. A lot of them said they hoped my family would die, be killed. They sent me terrible messages, but nobody ever invited me. Which maybe leads me to ask you today, who did you invite to come today? Who, who have you invited? You see, the process was people win people. And he came, and then they asked him, said, what's that under your arm? He said, well, uh, they gave it to me. It's a uh, holy Bible. I said, what are you going to do with it? He said, don't know, but he said, it'd be impolite if I didn't read it. So I will. And he went back to California. Since time, whenever he's in this area, you know who he calls? Boone's Chapel Baptist Church. How y'all doing? And they're going on a mission trip just recently. And so they asked him, said, would you like to go on a mission trip with our church? He said, well, what's a mission trip? He said, we're going down to tell people about Jesus. We'd like to invite you. He said, I tell you what, can my daughter come? And I'll come if you'll let her come too. They said, of course, we'll be glad to. And so when they got down there, they present Jesus Christ, and they have soccer balls. And the soccer balls are flat. And they say, when you accept Christ, then we'll blow up the ball because you are now filled with a new kind of sustaining air. You know what Michael Newdow said? Could I blow up the balls? And he did. His daughter made a commitment to Christ. And I called Mr. Turnipseed this past week and talked to him. He said, now, now he hasn't done that yet. But let me tell you, God can change anybody, anytime, any place. And God can turn the world upside down when he finds the kind of folks 
We're willing to act of the apostles in the power of God's Holy Spirit to make us what he's called us to be. What are you going to do? Sit, go home, enjoy the afternoon? Or are you going to say, now, God, show me. How can I act as an apostle who's going to turn the world upside down? My dream for Fraser, that folks, when they look at Fraser, they don't, you know what they say? Hey, those are the people that are turning the world upside down. And that's what we're called to do. Are you willing to do it? Father, ever how any of us all apply this to our own lives, I pray that we would do it. And that in doing it, that we will act and we will continue the acts of the apostles as it's being written today, relying on the power of your Holy Spirit to help us become what you've created us to become. Oh, God, there's a world out there. It needs changing. And the world changers are sitting here this morning. If we're willing, if we're willing, make us willing. In the awesome, powerful name of Jesus, amen.